Silly Breakfast is brought to you by CoolToucan.com. That is T-U-C-A-N, Toucan. Go buy all the Saudi breakfast merch you can. Hello and welcome to Silly Breakfast. I am going to be hosting tonight. This is Maddie. Um, I have Ty Guy on the couch tonight. We got a couched up Ty Guy. He's just oh. watching games. He's got the podding on the hands. couch. We're we're podding on the couch. I got a full. I got a lap pillow. Uh, John knows the thing about about lap accoutrements, but uh, mm-hmm. I, except for dances, I'm talking about blankets. But I got a lap pillow <laughs> holding up, holding up my. I didn't want to expose you like that, but yes, I do have uh, a, a, I'm couch potting. It's, it's a delight. Nice. And then we, of course we have the salt man, salty. Uh, and yeah, just going to throw it at you guys. What you got this week? Um, you well, want to go first, Tyler? You yeah. Like I ready. mean, yeah, I was going to, I was going to just say about how relaxed and cool I am. I just got kissed by my wife as she's leaving for work right now. Uh, again, she's putting in she's putting in another long night at the bar. Um, <laughs> she uh, tosses him back here and there. She, she tells so, you she's a doctor, but you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, Dr. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> see a Dr. McGillicuddy. That's the perfect. It's the perfect cover. For an alcoholic, <laughs> just telling everyone you're actually a doctor. Um, and so I'm potting on the couch so I can watch the Celtics get their ass kicked. But really, um, we need to break into some Saudi breakfast here. Our beloved Damak fell to Al Riyadh uh, on Thursday in full time, just just one nil. But really, uh, the the story of the weekend has been uh, Al Nasir, who won four to one against Al. Tawoon, and you can call me Al Nasir because uh, you know Ronaldo scored uh, in stoppage time there. So Ronaldo was one of the four caps, and uh, they they won four to one. What do you guys think about about uh, Al Nasir's chances? They're second in the league right now, but I mean, you you have a you have a you know a little bit past his prime superstar, but probably a superstar still in his prime, technically in a league like that. Um, he. Probably what what did they pay him like two hundred million two hundred million dollars to join this league? I mean, yeah, he's got he's got all he's got all the all the money in the world, and he's just playing for pure fun right now. I like Ronaldo going out on top in this league just because he's in it for the heart and the fun because he's already made enough money to just do whatever he wants the rest of his life. Yeah, I think if Sadio Mane can really get his game going, um, or Seiko Fofana. Then they really stand a chance, um, but what I think is really well, funny King about Abdullah this, Stadium, it's rocking. Yeah, it's it's a rocking stadium. King Abdullah Sports City Stadium is is one loud box when they all get in there, and they uh, they almost had a rent soundtrack of passes. They passed five hundred and eighty seven times. You know how many minutes in one, that in is? one game? In one game, yes. That's a lot of passes, man. The, they, it's they're not like, not like FIFA. Yeah, which is just dribbling. That's the, that's the key to the Saudi game these days is passing. You know, you pass, pass, pass. Ball movement, shots on goal. You know, 
Um, but I think it's really nice how when, when Tyler brings up Saudi breakfast, Maddie and I just mute our microphones and take let Tyler just cook. <laughs> I yeah. looked down and Maddie muted his too. I was like, let, let the boy cook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I'm a big fan. I, I really hope they throw the bag at us soon. Um, if I talk about it one more time, I think that we'll be the, the leading prognosticators about the Saudi league. Yeah. Saudi breakfast. Who? What other New England podcast is talks about Saudi soccer? I mean, I bet I bet we are one of we are one of ten podcasts that talks about Saudi soccer. Well, Almasir must world. be shaking in their sambas because uh, because Damak is coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. All right, salty. Well, what that do you was, got? That was Saudi breakfast. Um, I looked at the the notes a little bit and kind of uh, a little bit. You mentioned. Um, this person but i'm kind of branching out into during football season i like to listen to the fantasy footballers podcast um so my what you got is new podcasts um so i'm trying to like branch out i listen to a lot of bill simmons ryan Rosillo. um those are kind of like my nighttime podcasts i listen to a little bit of pardon my take but i and i've been listening to mostly sports which i is really grown on me um i know you guys like that one um but I tried out a couple new ones. Oh, yeah. Man, he's got his mostly sports shirt on. Hell, yeah. Um, so I listened to – it started with – I heard about all this this hubbub about the Cat Williams-Shannon Sharp interview. So I, I uh, listened to that, and it kind of went over my head a little bit because I'm not in, like, the black comedy game. But he talked some shit about some, uh, some of the kings of comedy, you know, Steve Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer and Kevin Hart. Um it was interesting. I don't know. I think Cat Williams is kind of full of shit. Like it, it just all the stuff he was saying can't be true. And the dude's been arrested like 20 times. So, um, and the other one that I just recently got into over the past couple of days is two bears, one cave with Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. And that, that is a very funny show. And I've seen clips of it on like TikTok and stuff, but when those two are on together, they are very, very funny. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of looking to broaden my my podcast game a little bit now that fantasy football season's over. Um, for my drive to and from work, and those those were the the first two that I that I kind of started on. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, you know, obviously the kind of sports media landscape in general, it's kind of going nuts right now. Um, so just today, uh, so this guy Matt Bellany has this podcast called The Town, where he talks about kind of all things Hollywood, and he actually touched on. Uh, the McAfee, Rodgers, McAfee, ESPN stuff um, today with Ethan Strauss from House of Strauss. Um, I listen to his podcast. It's a good, I love uh, the movies. I love things Hollywood. Uh, so I do listen to this podcast. But in the podcast, he called Dave Portnoy the biggest douchebag in the world or something like that. And uh, today, Kirk Minahan, um, who's a Barstool employee, um, you know, long time Boston radio guy too. Uh, pretty much went on his podcast today, played the clip about when he's saying that and just kind of started calling him a hypocrite because of Bill Simmons being his boss because of some of the stuff Bill Simmons used to write uh, back in the day and even quoted some stuff about his uh, thoughts on the Williams sisters back in the day when they were young and everything like Bill Simmons has said some awful things in his day. Uh, yeah. I do think he has improved himself a lot. Um, just like I think actually Portnoy has improved himself a lot over the years. I mean, I still think he is kind of insufferable at times and is very uh, just 
completely egotistical and everything. Um, I do think he's gotten better with, you know, kind of saying awful things, um, which is good. Yeah, he's not but, as sexist as he used to be, and he's he's very philanthropic, but he's an egomaniac for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I he's just he's not he's not my cup of tea. Um, he no. you know it's just not from not for me. Um, uh, but I do see why people are interested in him. I guess I'm interested in him as like a figure in his company, and just from like I'm interested in business and like especially media business landscape and everything. Um, but then of course, uh. Uh, the McAfee Rogers stuff is super interesting. So, you know, Rogers goes after uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who's previously gone after Rogers. And then, uh, you know, Rogers comes back on to not apologize, but to just to say, like, you know, yeah, I think we can move on from this and goes on rants about, you know, anti-vax stuff again. And like, like how everyone perceives him. He seems he seems to care a lot about how people perceive him perceive despite him. yeah yeah uh despite the fact that he keeps saying he doesn't care about what people say about him uh yeah then of jimmy course, kimmel uh, actually ripped into him um on his monologue for one of his shows this week um kind of tore into him a little bit and said that like you know like it's great like they're the friendly jousting back and forth like kimmel was like i only talk about things that are factual like you coming at me and calling me a pedophile and making completely fabricating something is pretty wild. And then he said, like, you know, if you're willing to apologize, I'll accept your apology. But, you know, until then, <laughs> keep my name out your mouth kind of thing. But it was pretty good. He was funny about it, too. But it was a pretty good retort for someone calling you a fucking pedophile on a national yeah. uh, a national broadcast. Yeah. And then, of course, McAfee goes on to... Uh, go after ESPN itself and specifically this guy, Nor Norby, um, Norby Williamson, um, who has had a lot of issues with talent in the past. Uh, it's kind of funny that so many people that have dealt with this guy in the past kind of came together on Twitter in different areas. You know, you got like Katie Nolan retweeting stuff. You got Jameel Hill obviously fired for, uh, you know, potentially, you know, essentially just making sports center center a little more political than they wanted. Um, Bill Simmons has called this guy Littlefinger in his past, uh, but it's just like tons of people have come together hating on this Norby guy. Uh, so it seems like the, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe McAfee's onto something there with that. But also McAfee uh, is in a very good position with that ESPN. They paid him a shitload of money to license his show, not not own it. They license his show so he can still do pretty much whatever he wants. They can obviously cut him off but they probably have to pay him out you know pay him out to even get rid of him at this point so i sure think uh he's in a real good shape and i think he will probably stick to his guns and i'm not a big mcafee guy but i respect uh his like hustle and everything so yeah that's what i get yeah that norby thing Nor norby is such a like dickhead name Nor norby williamson he looks like a norby too wasn't like, that an eddie murphy movie norbit 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 <laughs> yeah I, I i just uh you know did you guys see cat williams run that 40 no he apparently in the in the shannon sharp thing said that he could run a 4 7 40 and then they recorded him doing it and i don't know if you've seen the clips of uh darren Ravel running the 40 yard dash it I, looks yeah, exactly yeah. like it, but it's Cat Williams doing it. And Cat Williams is super fast, though. Wow. What did he run? They said a 4 7 40. 
Oh, he did. Good for him. Yeah, he did talk about running the 40, and he talked about how, like, I don't know, he said he was, like, 5'4", like, 140 pounds or something like that, which is such a slight person. Um, but it, it was an interesting podcast. It was it was pretty funny, like, some of the stuff he talks about, who he's friends with, and I don't know. But he seems like a, like a real kind of wacky dude. Yeah. All right, let's get into the big news of the past few days, and that is the fact that um, not only did Bill Belichick announce, uh, or the Patriots announced that Bill Belichick and, and them would be parting ways today, but we have Nick Saban retiring. We have Pete Carroll kind of seemingly moving out of the coaching position um, for the Seahawks, and it's just absolutely wild. We have three of, you know, kind of the old guard, you know, all in their 70s, um, right? I think it's Saban in the 70s yet. Yeah, I think they're he... all 72, aren't they? No, uh, uh, Belichick was the youngest. He's 71. He's 71, I think. Yeah, the other uh, yeah, two are all in their 70s. 72. Yeah. But these are three renowned coaches. We've known them for winning. We'll go over their stats as we go over each one of them. But I got to start with Bill Belichick. So Bill Belichick coached 24 seasons with the Pats. He went to nine Super Bowls, six win, six titles, 296 wins, including playoffs with the Pats. That's second to only uh, George Hallis. Um, he had 17 division titles, which I believe is the most ever, um, and 21 winning seasons, which is just absolutely crazy. Bill drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round, which changed the outcome of what we – First, we like, could we just changed the landscape of the Patriots' life, you know. Change the landscape he, of the NFL. I mean, yeah, he and 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 he was able to let Tom Brady grow through building these insane defenses, um, and you know, good run games and everything to allow him to grow as a, as a young QB to become what he ended up becoming. Like you know, especially in the 2007 season, um where he was, you know, it's one of the best seasons of all time. But it's just the two of them are going to always be linked. Um, obviously, Brady went one one without him. Maybe Belichick will go win, win one somewhere. Who knows? But no matter what, they are both the GOATs. Yeah, that, that Tom Brady is the greatest, greatest quarterback of all time, and Bill Belichick is the greatest coach. Anyone that says because of the last few years that Belichick is not the greatest coach of all time, just because they've had some they've had some down years since Brady left, don't understand like what he has meant to this team, what he meant to Tom Brady, what he meant to all the great players, the Gronks, uh, the Vrabels, uh, you know, the Nikoviches, like you know, Bruschi all and- the. All, all these Seymour, teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all, all, all these players, all these key players, you know, that are P- Patriots Hall of Famers. And yep. I just want to say I will forever love Bill Belichick. I wish him all the best, you know, wherever he goes. As Robert Kraft said today, you know, I hope he pretty much wins every game except for the ones he plays against our beloved Patriots. Yeah. So what are you guys' yeah, thoughts man. on Belichick? I think I, I, um, I love, I love I BB. Like, I, I love my baby. Um, but I think that one of the crazier things about the, the retirement and the mutual parting of ways of these three coaches is how intertwined all of their, their careers are, you know, uh, Carol was the coach of the Patriots and, and was one of the reasons when he got let go was one of the reasons that, uh, Belichick came in and was with the Patriots as a coordinator with Parcells, 
Um, you obviously have us beating them in, in the Super Bowl, starting the, the second uh, kind of run of Patriots Super Bowls. And, uh, and then you have Saban. Uh, Saban was a longtime confidant of Belichick. So it's just kind of crazy how incestuous. Oh, in Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, how incestuous all uh, all of football coaching is and how these these uh, these coaching trees all become like uh, wild roots. And apparently uh, apparently Saban replaced uh, Carroll as well as a defensive coordinator at one point in his career in college. Didn't didn't. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um but yeah, I think um, yeah the whole debate about you know Belichick isn't good without Brady, blah blah blah. Um, I think Belichick, nur- like you said, Maddie, nurtured Brady and gave him the kind of team that he needed to be successful. You know, we didn't always have the best receivers or anything, but we had guys that fit the way Brady plays. You know, um, he put good defenses around him, put a good team around him for all those years. And then you see, you know, you see Brady go off and win a Super Bowl, Tampa, but Tampa was stacked. Tampa had, you know, Chris Godwin at his prime, uh, Mike Evans, who's one of, I think, the all-time great receivers. Um, David, uh, all those guys on the defense, they had that defense was defense. defense. Um, Playoff Lenny was that's when he was kind of he was excellent during those Tom Brady years. So I think if you take Bill Belichick. And you have him coach that Tampa Bay team with like, I don't know, say say like a Kirk Cousins at quarterback. I think Bill Belichick could win a championship with that team. Um, and sure, losing the best quarterback of all time definitely hit us hard, and the Mac Jones experience did not pan out. But I think you can you can make make an argument that without Bill, Tom Brady might not have been who he became. You know, it was the perfect system. It was a great system. Um, and he was able to thrive and become the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, um, I, but, I just think it's I, one of those things where they're so sonically linked. Like, yeah, pro- yeah, they probably both don't have the amount of success they had without each other. But that's and it, they, it doesn't that's have to be black and white. It doesn't have do. to be. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be black and white. It doesn't have to be like Bill or Tom. It can be like they were fucking just great, legendarily great together. Like, yep through many iterations, many different teams, many different schemes, defenses, offenses, they were just good together. You don't have to like, you don't have to only Siths deal on absolutes and we're not Siths on this podcast. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. Speak for yourself. Um, well, <laughs> that scared me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm with you, Maddie. I have love for Bill Belichick. I mean, I was full on Tom Brady Homer when he went to Tampa. I wouldn't call myself a Tampa Bay fan, but I was rooting for, Brady to win a Super Bowl, and I'll be rooting for Bill wherever he goes next, um, unless it's the Jets, which I don't think it's going to be, obviously. But um, yeah, do, I, do you guys have any destinations for him? Um, one like the, uh, one that I absolutely love is for Dallas to lose in the in, in the wild card this weekend to Green Bay, and for him to go down to Dallas. But that'd I have be, a feeling he wouldn't crazy. do that because he will not get the GM jobs from the Joneses. So I'm not sure if that would happen, but I think it would be a great coaching place for him to be. Um, obviously, Washington's, you know, a, a big uh, big one, uh, Chargers. I was hearing on the radio today, they were talking about Atlanta. 
Um, Atlanta, yes, because they have the, you know, without, they don't have the QB, but they have a lot of foundational players. Well, think about what he could do. I mean, they have great players. They have Drake London's fantastic. Bijan's great. Tyler Argeo's great. And imagine what he could do with, with Kyle Pitts. Like, uh, I think yeah. Kyle Pitts is better. He's, he had a better year this year, but, but, Belichick is like the tight end whisperer. I mean, he made Pharaoh Brown look good this year. He, you know, Hunter Henry Gronk, obviously. Um, he who will not be named back in the past that played with Gronk, the uh, the murderer there. Um, but I think I think it would be a good fit. I mean, I think their defense they need to get a better defense. But Bill can coach that defense up. I think it would be a good destination for him. You know, like, and they need a better quarterback too, obviously, which I think they're probably going to draft one. Yeah, I could see them going after a guy like Penix or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that that a destination that was rumored recently, or not so much that the destination was rumored, but there was a rumor out there that one of the teams that was thinking heavily about making a coaching change to Belichick is going to be one of the playoff teams, and I think it's the Eagles. I was going to say that too. It seems like there's been a lot of um, kind of hate directed at Sirianni because of this losing streak that they've been, or not losing streak necessarily, but they've been on a fucking skid. Um, but and they, they have all like the, the go ahead. they have what Tampa had a few years ago. the The cupboard is full. They yeah, have the a, they have all the talent defensively. They have all the talent offensively. It just needs to happen, and it needs to happen now. I think it would be – I mean, obviously, if you can get Belichick, even if it's for like two years, you get Belichick. But I think Sirianni is getting too much hate. I think Sirianni is a good coach. I just think the Eagles just – they slumped at the wrong time. It kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, and I guess one question I have for you guys is who do you think is going to be the next Patriots coach? Uh, I think it's going to be uh, uh, Mayo, but – yeah. I'm kind of leaning that way too. I I would like Vrabel. I think that would be cool. Yeah, but I feel like my number kinda... one choice, but I I think Mayo is a great choice. You know, obviously we like having the defensive mind as the coach, uh, and then like getting good offensive coordinators. That's kind of how the Patriots have been run. Um, so I can kind of see them going that route again. Yeah, I think if you keep Bill O'Brien around, who's a very good offensive mind. He just needs, we just need a better quarterback and some skill players. But I would hope that they, if they don't go in either of those directions, wasn't, isn't it the Lions um, offensive coordinator he's being looked at? Um, I can't Johnson, remember his yeah. name. Ben yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be Mayo too. I think it's kind of been written in the stars. Like, I feel like they owe it to him. He's been on the coaching staff for a while. Uh, he's like, he was like the next Josh, you know, the way Josh McDaniels was. He was here for a million years, and then, um, but I think Mayo would be cool. I would, I wouldn't mind seeing yeah, Mayo as the next coach. Man of his game, he's one of my favorite favorite pets ever. Yeah. Yep. Same. What about you, Tyler? I I just don't know. I feel like the the easy answer is that it's going to go to May uh, to to Mayo. Uh, I think Vrabel's going to be highly sought after, and I think he's a great coach. Um, I, I just, I, I just don't know. I, I'm just going to trust the crafts. Do you, would, do you see Vrabel like taking anything less than a head coaching job? Like, could you see him being a defensive Absolutely coordinator? Not. Anyway? <laughs> no, no, I think he's, no, he's he going to be a coach one in a week somewhere. 
Well, they were saying too that um, Ohio State's kind of a sleeper for him. Because oh, didn't wow. he didn't he go to Ohio State? He did, but they'd have to fire Ryan Day, and that's not happening to today. Well, not today, but I don't know. That's just what they were saying on the radio. Is that this, people have heard whispers? I, th- I don't know who it was, Burt Breer or something. That um, I just see Ohio him as an NFL guy. I think Vrabel's such an NFL guy. Yeah. I think wherever you go, I, I love Vrabel. Vrabel is a shit. He was one. He's one of my favorite Patriots ever too. Vrabel is was awesome, and I'd love to have him as coach. But I feel like it, it's either Mayo or Vrabel, and let Mayo walk because I don't. I would be pissed if I was Mayo and I didn't get the job and I had to go under another coach. Yeah, know. yeah. All right, let's move into Pete Carroll because uh, you know he also is no longer a coach. So he won seven bowl games at USC, seven Pac-12 championships, and had two back-to-back titles, uh, national championships at USC, and I believe oh three oh four maybe. Um, and he also went to the two Super Bowls with one win, and obviously lost on the goal line pick to Malcolm Butler uh, versus our beloved. Pe- Bill Belichick's Patriots, but uh, huge, you know, just awesome coach, chewing gum like a madman, just super personable. Players seem to love him. Uh, he got that what he did with that Legion of Boom team. Nine eleven denier. What? He thinks nine eleven's an inside job. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, he talks about uh, loose change sometimes. Tyler coming out right. with the uh, uplifting, okay. I, the uplifting yeah. facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just trying to give some praise on Pete Carroll. We're, we're bringing up I love it. I love it. Hey, you know, teach their own. <laughs> yeah, but uh, do you guys have any thoughts on Pete Carroll? I mean, obviously, he had a great career. He's, you know, he was one of the best coaches for probably that whole 2010s, uh, you know, decade. Pete Carroll's an all-time like old man I, who I think could probably beat me up just because I think he could like outlast me. He just seems like he's in like incredible shape for a seventy-two-year-old. That guy um, just probably walks on the treadmill while studying film like all day. Oh, dude, he—he's he, one of those people that has like veins in his calves, like that pop out for sure, yeah. like old man legs. But Pete, Car- great coach. Yeah, I have no ill will against Pete Carroll. Um, I thought he was great. He made that Seahawks team. I don't know, likable, fun to root for, I guess, despite Russell Wilson being a titty boy. Um, but yeah, those teams were always fun. Those the Legion of Boom was was a blast. Um, even all all the way up until the last couple of years with um, you know, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Those teams were fun. They were always a good time to watch. Even way back when like the Marshawn Lynch years. So it was just always a good time. So I yeah. good for good for Pete. Um Great career, um, and I guess he's going into some sort of um, advisory role with the Seahawks, so he's still going to be in the game. It's just, you know, I guess time to hang him up. And he was a winner, too. His teams are always in the race. Even this year, they were – I think they ended up like 8-9, and nine, but they were playoff eligible up until week 18. So I think – How fun will it be when Penix is the, is the starting quarterback for the Seahawks? That that would be cool. That would be sick. That would be, sick. <laughs> that'd yeah. be so like sick. That. That's a like Washington team. to Washington. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that would be fun. And just throwing the ball to DK. Yep. Yeah. Just deep. Uh, I mean, even Lockett can spread the field. So just uh, absolutely. Oh, and the and they've uh, what's it? The young guy, J, uh, J Jackson Smith. Oh, JSN. Yeah. 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 Seahawks are a good team. If they, I mean, they did great with Geno and Geno. 
I don't think he's in. I think he's kind of like playing above what he should be at this point in his career, but he was pretty solid. I mean, you yeah, take a journeyman like, like that. Years. Yeah. You take a journeyman like that and you get that kind of play out of him. That's a good coach, you know, like, and Kenneth Walker, he's another one. He's awesome too. Um, yeah. yeah. I, good for Pete career. And lastly, good career. Uh, the college goat, you know, we talked the about Godfather. the Godfather. Uh, we have to talk about Nick Saban. Seven national championships, one with LSU, six with Bama, 11 SEC championships. He is the most dominant college football coach of all time. He ran the last, you know, 20 plus years of college football. He obviously had that short stint in the NFL um, uh, for the Dolphins, but he was born to be a college recruiter, a college coach. He knows how to mold uh, boys into men. He is the goat. Pause. Thoughts. I had to, I had to pause you there and and Nick Saban molding boys into men. Um. You know, Nick Saban's a great coach. I, there's nothing more that you can say. It's kind of the the end all be all of of if if you think of a college coach of our entire lifetime uh, in either sport, I think that the first names that come to mind are Coach K and Nick Saban. And so to be in that group is pretty crazy because Coach K and Nick Saban just run their respective sports. And I hate Duke. I hate Alabama. And part of the reason that I hate them is because of their success. So, yeah. It's kind of interesting, too, that, like, you have, like, the the college football goat retiring. You have the NFL goat not retiring but being let go. And then you have Pete Carroll, who kind of was the pretty gum, successful. In both, the gum chewing in both worlds. Yeah, like, he had his he, – he dipped the beak in both things and won titles in college oh, and yeah. NFL. So that's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, just yeah, they they are they are tied together, and as we as as we talked about before, um, but let's move on to the NFL playoffs. And for the NFL playoffs, so first of all, we finished plus sign hunting for the year, and the final tally was Maddie thirty two, Tyler also thirty two. So we tied, and Salty at twenty nine. Salty got two points in the last week. Tyler and I, Tyler and I both just got one point in the last week, so we got. You know, we all all hovered around 30 out of possible 72 points. I think we did pretty good uh, for, you know, what what the what the what the assignment is, which is just picking underdogs to cover the spread, which is a hard thing to do in the NFL. So, you know, I think we were pretty successful going, you know, batting, you know, shooting close to 50 percent. What's funny yeah, is that I went on the year. Yeah, I went so rogue last week with my picks. Giants. Patrick Mahomes list Chiefs and Panthers. And I was I ended up coming pretty close. I think you guys only got one point. So if things just swung a little differently. And Carolina was in that game to cover the spread for the whole game until the very end. It was it was Yeah. yeah. It was 10, 10 to was three, I think. No, or I, nine I to three. Nine zero it was nine zero. Well, the and it ended up being um seventeen to three, but they were a touchdown away oh, from really? for most of the game, away from covering that spread. So I was like, Oh my oh, God, wow. if I, if I would have somehow pulled that off and you guys, cause going into the late games, you guys had no points. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck if that one game, but I hit the other two. So I think next year, my strategy is going to be just pick the most, the, the shittiest teams and <laughs> go from there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so for the playoffs this year, um, we're going to do a playoff pick where we will go through every game and we will each pick a side. So, you know, first up, Cleveland at Texans. Uh, so we got CJ Stroud in his first playoff game and we have Flacco back in the playoffs for Cleveland. And Cleveland is two-point favorites over the Texans. And me personally, uh, Texans are home but I'm going to be taking Cleveland minus two. I'm believing in this defense in Flacco. I don't know if Texans are ready for the moment. How about you guys? I got the Texans. I think the Texans Texans are ready for the moment. I think that uh, while the story of Cleveland has been fantastic, Flacco knows what he's doing. They've been playing great, and that defense is fantastic. Far too many injuries on their side. Uh, Houston does have some injuries, but they're young, hungry, and they're going to come out and, and get a dub, eat that dub, James Winston style. All right, Salty, what do you got? I am just going to side with you, Maddie. I'm going to take Cleveland. I think Flacco, the Flacco train keeps rolling. Um, they've been good. They've just been good. And Joku's been awesome. Amari Cooper um, has been great. You know, just the defense is good. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, and I just think Texas, Houston's just su- super banged up. I mean, no Tank Dell, obviously. That's been for a while. Um, they got Nico Collins. Who's the other receiver there? Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Tyler, you got it? For who? No. Cleveland? The, for Houston. Oh, wait, Nico Collins? Isn't there a thir- Isn't there another guy that's that's decent, too? Uh, it's not tank till I don't know, whatever. I think Cleveland's going to win. I just think um, Flacco's experience, and I just think Cleveland is a better team at this point in the season. Your namesake, right. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, yeah, my, my guy. But no, I think they're right. going to lose. Let's, let's move on to KC in Miami. So this game, just so you guys know, is going to be played in disastrous weather. For uh, It's going to be very, very cold. Um in Kansas city and Kansas city is minus four and a half point favorites. First Miami. Um, they are at home versus Miami and I am taking Casey with the points minus four and a half. I don't like that spread really, but I just think a cold team in cold weather that's been there before is going to win this game and probably win by a touchdown. I am going to disagree with you. Um, I think Casey wins the game, but I think that Miami and we're we're doing spreads, so I'm I'm I think Miami keeps it close and yes, it's a spread. field goal game. Um, they have been banged up. I mean, Mostert was out the last game of the year. Waddle was out. Um, but if those guys are healthy, which I th- believe they're on track to play, I think Miami will keep it close. Um, I know that Miami's a warm weather team, obviously, but. Um, I think uh, KC's kind of faltered this year, and they've kind of dropped down a peg. So I think Miami can stick with them, um, and I think Miami's gonna. I think KC will win, but I think Miami will keep it close. So Miami is right. my pick. Sounds good, Ty. What do you got? Candy ass uniforms, candy ass weather. They're gonna come in and play a candy ass game. It's Kansas City all the way on the cock. So you're taking the points. Yep. All right. Damn, that Tyler moves us into me. the next game. Um, and that would be Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Buffalo is 10 point favorites in this game. 
Uh, I, I don't know about this game because this game might actually be moved from Buffalo because of weather uh, because they might have a snow emergency or just an emor- emergency um, weather warning. Um, but we don't know where this will go. Um, it could possibly go to Cleveland, I guess. But I am taking Pittsburgh plus the points because I think the Bills are good, but I don't know if they should be favored by 10 points over anyone. Yeah, it's Especially a good defense. A, it's because your wife's a Steelers fan. You're soft. Um, I'm taking Buffalo. I think Pittsburgh. All right. I have no idea how they got in the playoffs. I'm so confused. I don't know how they finished with a winning record. Um, I think Buffalo is going to beat the shit out of them. So I'm going Buffalo. All right, Tyler. Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh to cover the number. They muck every game up. I don't know how. I don't know where. And I especially love it if they play it in Cleveland. Pittsburgh doesn't lose in Cleveland. It's a home field advantage for them. Love it. Love it. All right, moving on. We have Dallas first Green Bay. Uh, so Dallas is at home versus Green Bay, and they are seven-point favorites. This is the one I'm having the most trouble with. Uh, I'm still not actually fully committed to my pick, so um, I'm just going to go off the cuff, and I'm going to say I my heart says Green Bay, but my brain is saying Dallas, first round of the playoffs, they're just going to win this. It's probably going to be by a touchdown or two. Um, or ten, like ten, like you know, seven to ten points. So I probably should take the points. So I'm going to take Dallas minus seven. Tyler, I'll I'll just I'll say to it, Dallas. I'm taking Dallas as well. I think they're better, a lot better than Green Bay. Green Bay is another team that like just they played really well, but they kind of snuck in the playoffs too. Um, but CD Lamb, Tony Pollard's had a great final game of the season. He's coming around and. Was that Rico? Rico fella. Um, yeah, Dowdle. I think Dallas. Dowdle. Um, I think Dallas wins by seven plus. Dallas and uh, for for you gamblers out there, bet on uh, on Bland to have a pick six. I was gonna say the same thing. You know, I was gonna say Deron Bland, my boy, is gonna have a is gonna have an interception, and I think the defense. I think Micah Parsons is gonna have a good game. All right, and now the the revenge bowl that would be the Rams at Lions. So we have Matt Stafford going back to Detroit for a game, and Goff is going to be playing against at home versus his old team that the two you know these they got swapped for each other. So uh, right now the Lions are three point favorites. Um, I really want to see the Lions win this, but I'm going to go with the better QB and the better coach and take the Rams plus the points, even on, even on, uh, at, uh, at, uh, away. I, I like Detroit. I, I'm going to stick with Detroit. I, I, I'm going with my heart on this one and, uh, Detroit has it. Goff has more to play for. I agree with Tyler. I think this is going to be a super fun game. I think just the storyline alone is pretty awesome. Um, I think Stafford has a little edge as he played in Detroit for many years. Um, but I think Stafford really turned it on at the end of the year. But I think I kind of think at this point, Goff, it, it's closer than it has been in the past. And I think Goff has been 
pretty – I mean, he had a, kind of a shitty end of the season, but Goff is better than kind of we all thought for many years. So um, I'm going to go with Detroit. And I, I just want to see Detroit win. I feel like those – Yeah, I want to say – I'm rooting for the Detroit, uh, but I – I, I, I just, when it comes to the coaching and the QB, I just think Stafford's still much better than Goff at this point in their careers. And I think Sean McVay is a better coach. It would be so fucking Lions for their old quarterback who left and won a Super Bowl to come back and beat them at home in a playoff, their the first playoffs. playoff game. Yeah, that's in what I'm thinking. Many years. That, that's kind of what like, I'm thinking here. It's such a Detroit move. It's such a Lions move. But. I just think the Lions. I don't even know if I think they're a better team because the Rams are fucking good. They're Kyron Williams, Puka, love Puka, Cooper Cup. So yeah. I'm kind of rethinking it, but I'm just going to stick with my guns. I'm going to say uh, Lions. All right, and moving into the last game, Eagles at Tampa. So Eagles obviously lost uh, home field advantage by starting what, like, what were they ten and one, eleven and one, or something like that? Um, but it's at Tampa and Eagles are minus three, minus three. And I have no idea what to do with this. Um, I don't really think Tampa has some crazy home field advantage. Um, I think the Eagles have been absolute trash recently, but Tampa has been really bad to end the season despite winning games. Uh, their offense looks completely inept. And I don't trust either of these teams. So I think I'm just going to go and just take the three points of the Eagles and just take the favorite. I'm with you, Maddie. I am not going to overthink this. Tampa Bay kind of stinks They're They might have a pirate ship in their stadium, but they're, they're still don't have a whole lot of home field advantage. So that's where I'm going. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, bring up some good points. Um, but I'm, I'm fucking, I'm taking Tampa baby. I'm going to go Tampa. I'm going to go Baker. I'm going to go Mike Evans, Rashad White, or is that his name? Rashad White, uh, running back yep. there, who was like a top five running back on the season. Sneaky top five running back. <coughs> um, the Eagles are a dumpster fire right now. I think I think Tampa wins. Sirianni gets, gets canned, and they kind of start over. But I think they've been, they've been abysmal. They've been terrible. So, Tampa's been winning games, although it's been ugly, and Eagles have not. And I'm taking the home the home dogs. I'm taking Tampa. All right, awesome. So that finishes up the week. So that's our playoff pick'em. All right, we're gonna move into. Actually, I I just want to touch on the Celtics briefly. They're obviously getting killed right now, but uh, th- I just want to t- touch on the fact that they are 18 and 0 to start the year at home, which is uh, the best ever for the Celtics. Um, so I just want to shout that out. And that kind of brings us to our silly breakfast topic of the day. And for the, those that don't know, um, there's this guy named Pete Rogers on Twitter. He does, he's a graphic designer and he designs a new Celtics Jersey after every win. Um, in fact, he has even made some available for sale in the past. I think me and Tyler both have some. I think Tyler has two and I have one. I have a Tatum pink lemonade one. It is my favorite jersey I think I've ever owned. Um, aside from <laughs> Such a like Maddie jersey. Besides like, yeah, I know, especially pink lemonade. Now. <laughs> pink lemonade. <laughs> uh, but I, like, I think my Vince Carter UNC jersey is still my prized possession. But, um, and Anton, Jam- Anton Jameson, but um, this is probably my favorite Celtics jersey I've owned. 
And so how he does these jerseys is he kind of does a theme. So there's uh you know, there's a tea one, there's a Dunkin' Donuts one, uh, there's the pink lemonade one. Uh, there's all sorts of different ones. Each each one kind of has a different theme or like he kind of takes something from kind of local lore, if you will. So I, I want to ask you guys, if you could have a jersey made from Pete Rogers on Twitter, you know, to make for the Celtics, what kind of like theme, lore, uh, like person or anything would you guys like to be incorporated into a jersey? I can go first if you guys want. I have a few. I'll go first because I think mine's going to be, I don't want to get more ideas from you because I want to stick to mine. Uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I think a cool one would be, I kind of have two. I think a cool one would be like a Fenway. And and I don't know all of his jerseys. I've seen a bunch of them, but I don't know what he has and hasn't done. But I think a Fenway Park kind of green monster, Red Soxy one could be pretty cool. Um, But I think a cool one would be old Ironsides. Get a little, uh, get a little um, 1700s uh, USS Constitution uh, inspired jersey. I don't know how we would do it, but I like ships, cool big ships. Um, and I think he could do something cool with that. I was going to say like Faneuil Hall or some shit or, but, or Quincy Market, but I think uh, Old Ironsides or Fenway Park could be a cool one. Nice. I, I, I had a Newport as one, like a Newport sailing type thing as one. So I, I'm kind of in the same boat there as one of my ideas. All right, Tyler, before I dive in, what do you have? I, I would really like to see one that celebrates the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, and, that was uh, on my list too. And one that celebrates Sam Adams. Yep. Nice. Um, all right, some other ones I have. Uh, obviously... We went to UMass, so I could see like Tim doing like a Minuteman type jersey because Minuteman obviously is all encompassing in Massachusetts. Um, someone that I like personally, uh, Robert Frost, maybe like a little poetic one, little po- you know, Bobby. you know, some 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 unique for a writer. Um, and lastly, my favorite idea that I came up with um, because this movie takes place on Martha's Vineyard, a Jaws one. Oh shit! Yeah. Nice, good pull. That one would be sick. Yeah, I want. I really want to see like, like a shark attack, uh, Celtics jersey. I think that'd be pretty sick. I think a cool one is like a Homer, um, living in Salem, like a like a witch city one could be kind of cool, like a spooky, spooky. Yeah, something. yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, and I was looking at like New England landmarks, and it's like Plymouth Rock. Like that's fucking lame. No, that's um, the worst. I live in Plymouth, and it's the worst landmark in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird. But that one. could almost be um, funny. Just a rock. Yeah. Like a ze- instead of a zero for Tatum, just a rock. Like, yeah. Yeah, that could be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Jaws is that's that wins. That's 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 a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I should I should tweet at him to listen to the pod to get a to get him to um listen listen and see and use that for an idea. That'd be sick. Or like a Gigglebrooks one, which for those of you who don't know is our college house that we party at in in Leverett that was on the same road as uh, who's the the woman that lived out there? Yankee Candle. No, not yet. Well, yeah, it is on the same road as the Yankee Candle. But what's her name? Who's Emily the, Dickinson? Who's the, uh, Dickinson uh, lived Emily on Dickinson, um, yeah. on Juggler's Meadow too, or something like that. Um, but this place is a shit show. That would make for a fun share. It would just be full of garbage and beer cans. and, um, But yeah, no, that's good. Good job, guys. Those are good. 
All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We will be back next week. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you then. Love you. Love you guys. Bye. Aloha. Bye.